The SEC is softer than the Charmin Ultra that Greg Sankey and Paul Feinbaum used to wipe Nick Saban's butt with. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We are available on all of your podcasting platforms, as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me personally at All Day O State on Twitter. Today is going to be a fun one, and I want to... Big shout out to all the regulars out there. Uh, we're going to give this a go. So I, I appreciate you all hanging in. So we're going to talk about the almighty Southeastern Conference because if you have seen recently, they put out their schedule, right? And you have people like Nick Saban, who's been over, over a decade now talking about the benefits of playing nine games. And you've heard people discuss that this was inevitability, most likely, because most of the uh, other power conferences are playing nine conference games. A lot of people want to throw shade at the Big 12. The Big 12 is the first conference to really do so and make it popular. The Big 10 does it now. And all the other big conferences uh, realize that this is the right format. What this does for the SEC is it gives them the ability to keep scheduling teams like the Citadel and Chattanooga at the end of the year. And for those of you who don't think it matters, that's absolutely preposterous. I'm not talking about you guys, but there are people out there that, that – don't think that that matters. It does, because typically at the end of the season, that's when you're dealing with some injuries. You're either dealing with some injuries at that time and got a lot of people banged up or you're having some people come back. So either way, it's a get right game. So if you're Alabama or, or Georgia, Houston or Tennessee, not Houston, sorry. Um, but if you're one of those SEC schools that fancies yourself with playing the Citadels and the Chattanoogas and the Savannah States of the world late in the season, it's a get right game. It's smart. Okay, I get it. But let's also talk about the perception that the SEC is. The SEC is the best conference. I understand they've won like 13 of the last 17 national titles. And when you factor in OU and Texas going to the SEC, I'm sure the SEC is going to claim them as, you know, SEC winners and eh, whatever. But let's let's rewind because I saw a video recently and it's like if your name is going to be the great, you should probably be good. And the video was talking about how the SEC broke the BCS. And this is a fallacy that the SEC fans believe because marketing, marketing, marketing. It has been pushed and shoved down our throats since the early 2000s that the SEC is something that it wasn't. And back in the day, right, they were good, but it wasn't like it is now. But recall 2004, 2005, 6, 7 range, right? Nick Saban didn't even show up in Tus Tuscaloosa, Alabama until 2007. But even before that. I remember watching bowl games and things of that nature, and you got half the roster running around with these SEC signs, and they're doing the SEC chants all the time. I remember thinking back then it was slightly childish, but kind of a good idea. It really was. They put this conference out there to the masses very early on before they were the almighty SEC. So now that they are the almighty SEC, why are they the only ones running from a legitimate schedule? Well, I think we all know the answer. They're going to rest on their laurels of we have Georgia. We have Bama. We make it to the national championship all the time because we have two teams that could potentially maybe compete in the NFL. That's what you have. Congratulations. 
I also know that the SEC just sent 65 kids to the NFL, which is quite a bit more than most of the other conferences. But again, perception. Perception is a big, big deal. Marketing is a big, big deal. Us in the Big 12 Conference, we should know that. Brett, your mark is doing phenomenal things for the conference. The conference is growing. It's expanding. We're going to solidify ourselves as that number three spot. So when this mega conference thing probably likely comes, we're definitely the other conference in the mix there. But Bob Bowlesby didn't do much of anything to market the conference other than the one true champion, which we saw the Baylor and TCU fiasco. And then the other thing was uh, one true champion was predicated upon the fact that we're the only one playing everybody in the conference. And how ironic is it that Nick Saban, the one who's been politicking for years that this should happen is one of the ones to not vote it in. And also how ironic is it that you have two teams coming into the sec and OU in Texas that have said that they're going to vote for it. They think it should happen. And then you have two teams that left the Big 12 for the SEC in Missouri and Texas A&M. Guess what? They voted for it because they're not scared. And do you think uh, Texas A&M and Mizzou are out here setting the world on fire with victories and W's and bowl games? No, they're not. So why are teams that are in a struggle bus? Everybody watched Texas A&M last year. Why are teams that are in this massive struggle of a situation that are in rebuild type of mold? Why are they okay with it? But the big powers that be don't want anything to do with it. Georgia voted for it. Hats off to them. Florida voted for it. Obviously, hats off to them as well. But the almighty uh, Nick Saban didn't vote for it. Why is that? I think we need to wake up and realize that the perception of the SEC is just that. You look at the middle of the SEC, in the middle of the Big Ten, in the middle of the Pac, middle of the ACC, middle of Big 12, not a massive comparison there. I mean, it, it is what it is. You do have a conference where you have a few teams that get a lot of the five-star recruits in America. That is true. Congratulations. The perception of the marketing has gone very, very well. But again, let's just face facts here. Let's stop pretending that the SEC is this big Goliath because clearly they would rather run from competition than play competition. Having that game at the end of the year where you can play the, the, the Mother Mary blind deaf mutant school, it's good. For them, because perception is going to give them a leg up no matter what happens. They know that. So am I saying this is necessarily a, a, a dumb move? No, I'm not. What I am saying is it's a chicken-ish move. And yeah, you can probably substitute that word I meant to use there. This is what it is. And this is the problem with the SEC is people have a perception that they are the, the, the big king dingling of everything. Like I said, you got Paul Feinbaum, right? The mouth-breathing buffoon of the conference, making excuses. And then you have people like Greg Sankey, who everybody fancies as the guy that's going to be able to potentially put the NCAA out of business and help us get to our own governing type of body. That's the same guy that is cool with his power programs voting down the idea of playing a better schedule. We, in every conference, not just the Big 12, Big 10, the Pac-7.5, the, the ACC, all of us have to do a better job of breaking down the narrative that the SEC is complete king of everything. They're not. They have money. Their, their marketing is fantastic. It is. You want to know what else is fantastic? FanDuel. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not got yourself hooked up on FanDuel yet, you are missing out on this opportunity. 
right now, there's still some time left in the NBA Finals to get your hands in and, and make some dollar-dollar bills, y'all. Other than that, you can always bet the over on Oklahoma State because we know that's a sure thing, baby. You can go right now, get our no-sweat first bet, up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Now, you heard me right. It's not just a grand anymore. It's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So, Go to the website right now. Get yourself hooked up. Obviously, FanDuel.com slash locked on is going to give you this opportunity to get this no sweat first bet. $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. It doesn't get any better than this, which is why FanDuel is the number one sportsbook betting partner in the United States of America and the official partner of the NBA. You got to get yourself hooked up on FanDuel, guys. But yeah, this is an apology session. And sticking with Greg Sankey, well, when he's done using the Charmin Ultrasoft, when him and Feinbaum are done rotating, wiping Nick Saban's butt, apparently now they're going to take on this NIL challenge. And because they're the almighty SEC, they're going to do so in Washington, right? They're going to go to Congress and things of that nature. Because, you ready for this? Give, give yourself a drum roll for this one. They're going to talk about the nefarious activities in recruiting. <laughs> the SEC has issues with nefarious activities in recruiting. If that is not the most ironic statement I have made all month, I don't know what is. The conference that is by and large responsible for throwing out dollar-dollar bills like their pieces of candy is a conference that's raising a red flag? Are you, are you kidding me? I love it. I think it's hilarious. But again, this is proof that we all need to wake up and realize that the SEC is a top-heavy conference that's been very, 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 very good at marketing and shoving it down our throats since the early 2000s. So before the SEC was anything powerful, people nationally were seeing the SEC all over their TV screens. They were hearing the SEC chants. Every time you turn on a TV, that's marketing. They did a phenomenal job. The Big Ten's done a pretty good job riding behind, you know, the powers of B in Michigan, Ohio State. The Pac-12 hasn't done really a good job of anything. Um, and the ACC, they're not bad. They're just in a bad spot with their TV deal. And they're in such a bad spot that there's no TV network that would conceive in the right mind it'd be a good idea to renegotiate a contract. They have a sweetheart deal. They're getting teams like Clemson on the super cheap. And, you know, Wake Forest actually is making making some runs in the last couple of years at being a little bit more legitimate. Congratulations to Wake Forest. Hats off to them. Big baseball guy. Got a good baseball program. They got a, a crazy pitcher. But, yeah, this, this whole idea, it's a fallacy. It's an absolute fallacy. I know you can't take out Alabama and Georgia. But if you did... The SEC would be no better than the ACC. And this is just more proof. They are the conference that runs stuff that runs away from stuff. That's them. Okay? That is what it is. Georgia's good. Bama's good. Tennessee's going to be good this year. I think Ole Miss is going to surprise a lot of people this year. Mississippi State was on the right trajectory until the tragic loss of their head coach. So who knows there? A lot of people are buying South Carolina. I love Shane Beamer. He's a, he's a local guy, right? So you always want to cheer on your local dudes. But I'm not buying them necessarily being – they might be the king of the East. That's cool. Congratulations. But I just 
I don't understand how people can watch the game of football on a regular basis and still act like the, the middle, the bottom half of the SEC is better than everything else. It's not. But the perception is what it is. If they're running from stuff and they're going to complain to Congress about the stuff they're doing, it shows their weaknesses, ladies and gentlemen. The SEC does have weaknesses. I mean, Big Ten got a bigger money deal. The SEC has more money currently. I understand that. But the perception, the perce- they've done a good job. When you keep having somebody, it's always the same couple people, but when you keep having somebody, and then you throw in LSU occasionally, obviously, yeah, for sure, um, winning the national titles, you get to have this perception. And that's why the SEC, they don't care. They don't care if they're playing the Citadel at the end of the year. They don't care if everybody's making fun of them for playing the Citadel or Chattanooga at the end of the year because they're the SEC. And perception is going to allow them or afford them more opportunities than everybody else. That's a fact. But again, we, in all of the landscape of of the game of football, we need to stop pretending that the SEC is anything other than a few really, really, really good teams. Like NFL-level caliber type of of talent. We get that. But just going back to the idea that SEC fans feel like they broke the BCS. Okay, cool. Yeah, technically you did to some degree, but... You're being very misleading and disingenuous by telling the SEC fan base that it was y'all that did something spectacular when that's not what happened. What happened was Oklahoma State University got robbed by 0.008%. And that's exactly why we moved to this playoff format, because everybody and their mom knew that there was some tinkering going on there to make sure that two SEC teams got in the national title. That is when the perception really took off for the SEC because I think everybody nationally realized at that moment in time that clearly the powers that be, the people up top, the people responsible for the voting and the tallying and the computer algorithms and all that fun jazz that enter into the the human component, they have an agenda. It was clear. It was obvious. And I'm not hooting and hollering because we missed our shot at the national title because, let's face it, guys, we should have beat Iowa State. Matter of fact, we shouldn't have even played that game because there were several players on that roster that just had their girlfriends die in a plane crash that morning. And I've been told that Iowa State AD personally went to Mike Gundy and said, hey, man, we don't have to play today. Like, we can postpone. We can figure this out. There's no need. We understand the position you're in. And somebody decided, nope, we're going to play right now. We're going to get it over with, and we're going to get back home to mourn with our our peoples. So that was a miscalculation by somebody. Regardless, we should have won the game. We should have found a way to win the game. But the only way after that loss for us to make the national title was to absolutely curb stomp OU the next week. And we don't do that very often, like, I don't know, hardly ever. And that's precisely what we did. Like, we haven't beat the absolute tar out of them like that since. We beat them like a drum and beat them by 30-some-odd-plus points. And what did Bama do? I don't know, a whole lot of nothing. They got to sit at home for their, their, their next game. So they did nothing. They earned nothing. But they were given something because of what? You ready? Perception. Things did change after 2011. But the SEC fans like to pretend that they did it. No, you had some puppet master somewhere 
pulling a string to make something happen that then changed the national perception. It's just like, you know, if, if you're, if you have a court case and you know, the judge is dirty, you know, you're probably not going to win. It's kind of pointless to get a lawyer and show up, right? That's basically what's happening. The SEC is scared of the landscape that is changing 100%. This is proof of it. Now, it's going to take somebody to dethrone Alabama and Georgia. It's a fact. And at this point in time, I don't care who it is. If it's TCU, K-State, Oklahoma State, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, I don't care. Somebody needs to dethrone them, and then we need to start doing that on a consistent basis because, again, the perception is that every team in the SEC has Alabama-Georgia-type talent. If Alabama and Georgia are so good and the SEC is presented as the best conference in all of America, then people believe that the rest of the conference has got to be pretty strong too. Stop, stop, stop. There's only a certain number of athletes that are good enough to go D1 to begin with and then to go from D1 to playing professional, right? It's a very, very, very small number. So those guys, they all have to end up somewhere. And there's you can't have a 235-man roster last time I checked. So it's not like Alabama and Georgia can eat up everybody. You, as an Oklahoma State fan, you look right now, Malcolm Rodriguez. Okay, so Oklahoma State does a, a fine job. The perception is a little different. And it's up to us to change that perception. But in order to change that perception, we all need to wake up to the reality of this is a smoke and mirror show. It has been for quite some time. It's a smoke and mirror show built around two teams. Okay, three teams. You throw LSU in there. And that's that. I mean, watch how many of the, the draft picks don't pan out. Watch how many SEC draft picks got drafted because they were in the SEC. Not because of talent. Not because of upside. Not because of potential. Sometimes perception grows legs bigger than we can control. And that is precisely what's happened in college football. We, all of us, everywhere, every conference, we have allowed the SEC chants and the SEC signs on every every game, doesn't matter what sport. We've allowed this for, you know, 15 years. So you got to give hats off to SEC, right? Give credit where credit's due. And they have done a remarkable job building this brand. But again, this is proof that the SEC knows that they have a lot of weaknesses. And they don't want to exploit those weaknesses. They want to continue to slide on the SEC rug of forgiveness that they get. And it's not going to change until somebody steps up and changes it. Right? And we have talked about, you know, the, the absolute beating that TCU took and how it was a bad look for the Big 12. Okay, true. We also watched TCU beat Michigan. So, again, we have to stop allowing the perception to continue to be what it is. The SEC is Charmin Ultra Soft. They don't want to play harder schedules. They absolutely do not want to do that. I mean, some of the schools do, right? Obviously, we talk about AM, Mizzou, Florida, Georgia, 
I think there was another school mixed in there as well that I'm forgetting that, that voted for it. But the rest of the conference said, no, buddy. Why would we play Tennessee at the end of the year when we can play the Citadel? Why would we play Mizzou at the end of the year when we can play Chattanooga? And we allowed this. We also allowed Greg Sankey, you know, to elevate himself to the speaker of all of college football. Yet, he's going to go step on his own toes. That makes not a lot of sense to me. Can anybody explain to me down in the comments section what they think they're going to accomplish by going and complaining about stuff that they do? Like, I just, I'm confused there. I'm, I'm, I'm confused there. Like, there is no disillusionment by most of the country. Most of the country is very well aware that SEC schools are famous for trying to recruit kids during the season while they're still on a campus. It happens on a regular basis, and we've seen it. We've lost Oklahoma State guys, and you knew it didn't make sense, and then you find out that there was several things going on during the season. And it's usually SEC schools, yet the SEC is the one that has a problem with nefarious activities in NIL. Again, it's another smokescreen. That's all it's smoke and mirrors. Stop allowing the SEC to keep puffing their chest out and pretending they're the big dog in the yard that's ready for anybody because right now they're the little bitty dog that's running and hiding. Okay, that's not true. They're a really big dog that's running and hiding. That's better. What do you do when a dog gets too old? Put them down. The SEC is not going to put themselves in a precarious situation, evidently. They're going to ride on the rug of who they are, that perception and the marketing of of what they are. They're going to ride that until somebody somewhere from some conference shuts it down. It is what it is. And and you watch. When Texas beats Alabama this year, the Big 12 will not get the credit whatsoever everyone will say wow they're coming to the sec so it looks like they're ready fine it's okay brett yormark is fixing our perception brett yormark is fixing our marketing so we're in a good spot we're fine with it the sec is going to rest on their laurels and they're going to keep hoping and praying that georgia and alabama continue to do what they've been doing they're going to hope and pray that every now and again you have an LSU that pops up and provides a little bit extra. They're going to hope and pray. I mean, they almost need A&M to be decent after all the crap fest that A&M's gone through with the NIL and transfer market and stuff. We, there's got to be bumpers on this stuff. So if Greg Sankey can get that accomplished, awesome. Congrats. Hats off. But I don't know how he's going to make that happen when he's preoccupied with wiping Nick Saban's butt all the daggone time. Like I said, I'm pretty sure him and Paul Feinbaum, they rotate duties on uh, whose turn it is to wipe Nick Saban's butt. It is what it is. Good luck. Good luck with the government complaining about yourself. Uh, I hope that goes well. And uh, good luck with this ridiculous schedule thing. Again, this is going to help the perception of the SEC because Nobody's talking negatively about it for some reason, right? You have some clips here and there about how, you know, it's, it's not a 
not a strong move, but it's more than that. It is absolutely preposterous to keep pretending that they are the same SEC they were a few years ago. They're not. They're not. They're not. But it's up to us. It's up to us to change that perception. The SEC might as well rename their conference to the CSEC, Charmin Soft Excuses Conference, or uh, what Sankey's Equity Conference, whatever you want to call it. It is clear they do not want the smoke. Bama doesn't want it because they want to protect their record. They want to keep playing the, the citadels of, of the world at the end of the day. It is what it is, right? There's no denying this fact. They had several people vote, and most of them voted to not do this. So hats off to the teams that aren't running and hiding like a scared little dying dog. For the rest of you, grow a pair, fellas. All right, y'all. That's all we got for this one. As always, I love you all. God bless. Go folks. And we've got a lot of cool stuff to cover. Mike Boynton might be on to something, y'all. Mike Boynton might be on to something. Alrighty. Thanks for tuning in to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. Later.